Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another Cody's Car Conundrum episode. Today is actually a really, really, well, I say it's a really, really, really special episode. It's not that special, but it is still fairly special because we finally have the second generation of the Toyota GT86. What? Right! They call it the GR86 now for Gazoo Racing 86. It's not the GT86 anymore. Whatever! It's the 2022 Toyota GR86 and it lands in America with more power and sleeker styling. Let's go. The original Scion FRS and Toyota 86 were great driver's cars, but they left a few things to be desired, including, infamously, a lack of power. Toyota is now trying to right those wrongs with the all-new GR86. While the model was originally unveiled in April, we're now getting a glimpse of the US variant which will arrive in showrooms late this year. Looking more refined than its predecessor, the 2022 GR86 features an evolutionary design with a prominent Matrix G-Mesh grille that is flanked by LED headlights and vertical air intakes. The model also has new front fender vents, sportier side skirts, and a sleeker greenhouse. That's to say... Actually, no, I'll get into the looks later. I'll, I'll do that later. The sporty styling comes out back... Sorry, the sporty styling continues out back as designers give the coupe an integrated rear spoiler and a dual exhaust system. They're joined by new taillights and a small diffuser that I imagine is, is predominantly non-functional. The GR86 comes standard with 17-inch wheels, but premium variants are distinguished by 18-inch forged wheels with a black finish wrapped in grippier Michelin Pilot Sport 4 tires. Both are backed up by discs that measure 11.6 inches or 295 millimeters at the front and 11.4 inches or 290 millimeters at the rear. Drivers will find an evolutionary interior that adopts a new dashboard, upgraded sports seats, and an 8-inch infotainment system. The GR86 is also more high-tech as it sports a 7-inch digital instrument cluster with displays that vary depending on the selected driving mode. In particular, track mode shows real-time readouts of gear position, engine speed, water temperature, and oil temperature. Upgrading to the GR86 Premium adds leather and Alcantara upholstery as well as padded leather touch points and silver accents. Other niceties include aluminum pedals and an 8-speaker audio system. On the safety front, models equipped with the automatic transmission come standard with Subaru's EyeSight Driver Assist system. It includes adaptive cruise control, lane departure warning, pre-collision braking, and high beam assist, among other things. One of the biggest complaints about the original 86 was, again, infamously, a lack of power, and Toyota has addressed this by fitting the GR86 with a new 2.4-liter engine. Thanks to the larger displacement, as well as changes to the intake and exhaust, the four-cylinder engine produces 228 horsepower, or 170 kilowatts, or 231 PS, and 184 pound-feet, or 249 newton-meters of torque. While that won't placate fans screaming for a turbo, the new engine has 23 horsepower, or 17 kilowatts, or 23 PS, and 28 pound-feet, or 38 newton-meters more, well, 28 pound-feet, or 38 newton-meters more torque, than its predecessor. That doesn't sound like much, but the extra power is certainly welcome, as a 0 to 60 mile per hour or a 0 to 96 kilometer per hour sprint is done in, no, is down from 7 seconds to 6.1 seconds with the 6-speed manual transmission. The differences are even more noticeable with the 6-speed automatic, as it hits 60 miles per hour and 96 kilometers per hour in 6.6 .6 seconds, an improvement of 1.4 seconds. 
Furthermore, the 2.4-liter engine produces its peak torque at a relatively low 3,700 RPM. This is a dramatic improvement over the old engine, which had to be revved to 6,600 RPM to hit its peak output. Sticking with the performance theme, the GR86 features a torsion limited slip differential as well as front and rear frame reinforcements that increase rigidity. The model also has aluminum fenders and roof panels which help give the car a curb weight of around 2,800 pounds or 1,270 kilograms. Additional details will be announced closer to launch, but Toyota said every 2022 GR86 will come with a complimentary one-year membership to the National Auto Sport Association. Hey, NASA! That's sick! This will enable them to attend a free high-performance driving event and receive discounted admission to, to uh, NASA-sanctioned events. Okay, that is awesome. So unfortunately, that's actually it for the technical deep dive. There's not that much to talk about here. So as you can see, or as you heard, it is largely the same, I guess, as far as specifications go as the older car. It has 23 more horsepower, it has roughly the same amount of torque, 17 more pound-feet of torque. I think it weighs roughly the same at 2,800 pounds. One of the differences, though, one of the notable differences is the tires. So instead of going with Prius tires, so this is a really slidey little bugger, it has Michelin Pilot 4 tires or Pilot Sport 4 tires. So it's a lot grippier and less slidey. So it seems like they're going for less of a drift machine route purely when it comes to the tires and more of a normal like junior sports car route as far as the tires are concerned, which to me is a little bit of an interesting change because one of the famous attributes of this car was its slidiness, was the fact that it had thin little Prius tires on it. So I find it a little interesting that they went a different route this time and decided to go for stickier Michelin rubber. Not that I'm complaining because I, I like that change. So if there's not that much to talk about, I say dynamically, but mechanically, if there's not that much to talk about mechanically, is there much to talk about visually? No. Not really, though I do have to say the new BRZ and the GR86 do look more different, or the new versions of both do look way more dissimilar than their older versions, though they're still fairly, fairly similar. The biggest difference here, which is kind of akin to the older cars, is in the front bumper. So with the G GR86, as noted in a Road and Track article, it has a squared off, almost, what is it, GR Yaris-like front, front grille, so... It's a frowning mouth. It's fairly tall. It's a fairly big mouth. Think of like a taller, squarer version of the Gen 5 grill without the crosshair. And that's a fairly good idea of what the grill shape of the grill shape on the new GR86. But honestly, also kind of the rest of the front end to me. It's just like a it's like a squished, taller, square Gen 5 Viper without the hood hood intake. That's sort of what the front end looks like to me. I mean, even the headlights are relatively similar. So with the BR, with the BRZ, the DRL lines the bottom, goes around the side, and then it cuts in on the top. Whereas the GR86 only lines the outside. So let's see, what would, what would be a good example of the BRZ? Think of like a Nike L, and then on the thin part on the back, it cuts back in. Okay. This car just looks like it has a really long L, so there's no there's no cut, there's no nothing. I, I would call it a boomerang, but it's not it's not really a actually no, it is a boomerang. So yeah. The GR86 has a boomerang style DRL, whereas the BRZ also has a similar boomerang DRL design, except it cuts back in sort of like a I guess like an eyelash or something. 
Yeah, the new BRZ has this like inverted check mark kind of a deal. So instead of where you have the long part and then that little kick up, invert that so the kick up is on the top of the headlight unit. That's what it's like. It's just this inverted check mark that's a little bit curved, sort of like a boomerang. So it's kind of I find it a little interesting that Toyota was like, yeah, we don't need the little top. We don't need the little top part. We'll just have this boomerang shape and leave it. I feel it makes the, the Subaru look a little more premium. Maybe there will be a few people that take the Subaru headlight units and stuff them onto their GR86. I might be tempted to do the very same thing because I've been thinking a while ago, I was thinking about the Gen 5 headlights and how it'd be really, really cool if the Gen 5 had this like had this inverted check mark look where it had that upper eye had the upper eyelash. So not the turn signal, but in, incorporated into the DRL as like a facelift for 2015. I figured that would be really cool. So the Subaru kind of does that just with a more horizontal, horizontally oriented headlight unit. It's sort of like the Subaru and the Toyota have this interesting combination of like the horizontal orientation of like a C6 Corvette headlight, but with a lighting signature that is vaguely similar to a Gen 5 Viper. It's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. But I like it. I like it a lot. And I think to an extent, I prefer the Subaru. Again, the inverted checkmark look, but the Toyota looks great as well. And getting back to the similarity, the the similarities between the GR86 and the Gen 5 Viper, if you look below the grille on the bottom of the bumper, it has this chin splitter look that's, or integrated chin splitter look that is, again, very, almost reminiscent of the Gen 5 Viper. Again, it's, I don't mean to drag the Viper into everything or to relate everything to the Viper, but it's hilarious how similar it actually is. And I mean, right down to the design of the integrated front chin splitter. So you know on the Gen 5 Viper, the furthest vents that channel air around the front wheels? You know how far the front chin splitter protrudes and then it gets thinner or it gets smaller? Like it gets inset towards where the grill is or roughly where the grill is? Yeah, the GR86 does that exact same thing. And almost in, in the exact same way as well, just obviously scaled to fit the car. It's... It's almost... It's almost like looking at a mini... Like a mini-me of a Gen 5. It's so... It's un it's almost uncanny. It almost looks exactly the same, and it's crazy to me that I don't think they intentionally copied it or intentionally mimicked it. But as such, it's crazy to me how similar it genuinely looks, despite the fact that he likely didn't intend intend on mimicking that design. But yeah, I love the face, and I adore the fact that you can genuinely tell the emotion of the car. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen like a low and kind of far away shot of a Gen Five, and I just see that face. And I'm like, God, you can see. It's almost like you can almost see a person, see a character in the face of the car, and the new GR86 does that brilliantly. Does that brilliantly. It's just, it's so emotive. It's it's angry, but there's so much emotion there that kind of humanizes the design. It's sort of, it's sort of like an angry chihuahua kind of a thing, because it's just a small car with 228 horsepower, but I like it a lot. The rear, I'm not as fond of, but we're going to get into that in a bit, because we need to talk about the side. So if you know, if you're familiar with the silhouette of a GT86 or a Subaru BRZ, it's not that much different here either. The quarter window is pretty much the same, except for the fact it looks like they squared it off towards the back. So instead of it just kind of rounding out towards the top line, it's, it squares off. So it's a little bit, it's a square quarter window. At the very least, the outline is a bit squarer than it used to be. But driver's window looks the same to me. The roof line looks largely the same. The rear, let's see if I can find a photo of the rear window. It looks largely the same. It it looks pretty much the same, all things considered. It's not that different. If anything, 
that might mean it's a bit dated even now, or it might already be a little bit dated, which is a little bit of a shame, but something they did do differently is down by the rocker panel, well, I say by the rocker panel, yes, by the rocker panel, because they added this new crease, uh, again, a sort of Gen 5S crease, where it makes the body protrude out from the door surface, which is a little interesting, and then it, it kind of goes back upward towards the back behind the front door. But what's interesting is that the line doesn't continue all the way. So like with the Gen 5 Viper, that crease on the bottom of the sill where the side pipe is goes all the way till it almost like connects back with the door. The GT, no sorry, the GR86 doesn't really do that. It protrudes out and flat so it's sort of like a side skirt. And then the back half of it, or I say the back half, more like the back quarter of it, closer to where the rear fender would be, the surface changes to completely flat. So then you'd have the shadow underlining the bottom. It's it's a little weird to me. It doesn't, it looks like they meant to continue the crease a little bit longer so it looks a little bit more natural because at the moment, the crease just stops near where the door is and then where the fender is, the rear fender, there's a bit of dead space. There's a bit of dead space where there's just no design. It's just a flat surface and it's kind of awkward looking. Again, to me, it appears they wanted to continue it for a little bit longer. Would have wanted to continue that crease for a little bit longer to make it look a little more natural. But they can't really do that because the door is not long enough to justify it. Because if they had done that, if they made the crease longer, well, then the crease goes on for a little bit, is a little bit too long. And then it looks weird in a totally different way. There's, there's too much, right? It's a little bit it's not very coherent or at the very least it wouldn't look very coherent so at the very least now it's coherent just awkward and then if you go to the opposite side towards where the front fender is they added a very bmw-esque vent front fender vent except it's a lot larger it's taller it's not deeper like it's not inset very deep at all but it's much taller so it goes from like near the top of the wheel down to where the side skirt is, which is which is a little interesting to me. That they decided to make it so big, because it doesn't really need to be not on a car like this. There's not going to be that much performance unless they anticipate people LS swapping it or putting turbos on it or whatever, and they need that extra airflow, likely to get the air, the turbulent air, out of the wheel well. I like it and I. Don't. I like it because it adds a little bit of aggression. It adds a little bit of motion to the front half of the car or the front quarter of the car. The front box. Have you ever heard of the three box theory? So you have the front where the engine compartment is. You have the middle where the cabin is. And then the third box where the rear is. If we're talking about the front box, it adds a little bit of motion there, which I, which I quite like. But it's also a little bit overkill to me. Like I don't, I don't think the venture goes so far that it's now encroaching on the sill, or sorry, not the sill, the, the side skirt, the rocker panel, if you will. It, it go, it's going a little bit too far, just a little bit too far. If they kept, if they made it a little bit higher so it was its own thing, I'd prefer that, because at the moment it's just a little bit too tall, but yeah. As I mentioned earlier though, it's not that deep, it's pretty much just a slip. That's really what it is, and as, as a Viper guy, I love massively deep side almost like gills i love that so i'm i'm kind of bored with these vertical slats effectively that a lot of that a lot of cars have i'm i kind of like the idea that if you're gonna have something like that either go for the maserati look where it's the it's the triple rhombus shape vents like the quattroporte had do something like that or maybe the c7 corvette where okay it's a slit but 
it's a slit, but it's a little bit thick and, it, and it's a little long, so it adds a, a bit of presence. This is, again, much more BMW-like in that it's not very deep, but very tall, so not BMW-like. But it, it is actually not totally dissimilar to the C7 one, except, you know how with the C7 one, that little slit has a lot, there's a lot of black area before it gets back to the body pillow, before the vent actually stops? No, this isn't like that. Again, very, very thin, very tall, and not very, not very deep at all. So very, very much appearing to be fake, but it doesn't actually seem fake. It looks to be real. Another interesting thing, though, kind of relating to that vertical slat, we'll call it, because that's really what it is, is that Toyota seems to have added this interesting surface where they have this, they have this character line that goes from the front fender or where the front fender starts, and it goes around the vertical side markers, and it keeps going and it keeps going, and the and it creates this flat edge where the slat is. And then on top of that is a normal body. I need to find a photo with better lighting to really explain what I'm talking about. But they've added, it's really interesting because where the slat is, there's this flat, there's this flat surface. And then just past the character line, just past the character line is where the normal body is. So it's sort of like, it, it's sort of like Toyota tried to visually trick people into thinking the car has some level of a wide body. That's kind of what it's like. They've added these front haunches, if you will, and they it seems like they manipulated the body around the slat in order to achieve this. So they gave the slat this flat surface where the fender is, or where the outline of the fender is, where the wheel arch is. That's what I should be saying. They gave it this flat surface that's the same surface where the wheel arch is, and then just past the character line that denotes where the wheel, sort of where the wheel arch surface starts, and when the rest of the body stops, they pulled the fender out to give it this wide body look. But you really can only see it in certain lighting. Hopefully I'm explaining that well, but if you guys have seen the photos and have seen the right photos, you'll, you might know what I'm talking about. But yeah, they've added, it's, it's this different, it's this widened, this almost like optical illusion to give the impression of a wider front fender. Sort of like, sort of like how the Viper has a wide fender, or maybe a Corvette, except it's, it's much more squared off so it's sort of like a like a DTM car, I guess, where it has that squared off wide body. It's vaguely like that. But yeah, so basically Toyota seems to have added some, or have tried to add some kind of wide body look or widened front fender to the front of the car. And it, it kind of works. In fact, actually, I've seen the Subaru press photos and it's way more prominent there. Let me go get them. So in some of the press photos, it's pretty prominent, and in this one, this isn't a press photo, actually. This is an Auto Trader photo, and it, I bring it up because I'm, I overall am 50-50 on this character line on the front body, just, just above the front wheel arch. It adds, to me, sometimes it's messy. It adds a bit of weight visually to the front end of the car that really didn't need to be there. It's just a bit of heft, a bit of flab, really. It's a, just a little bit of fat. On the car that didn't really need to be there but on other times or at other times i think it's brilliant i love it because it adds a dynamic motion to the front wheel or to the front fender that i think is excellent it really conveys motion rather well in some photos so i imagine some people will like it some people like me will be 50 50 and others will hate it but it's definitely not as clean looking it's definitely busier looking than the old gener than the prior generation BRZ and FRS and GT86, but sometimes it works. Sometimes it adds a dynamic 
it, it adds motion to the body where there wasn't any before. But other times it's just a bit too much and it's a bit too messy for me. The design, there's a messiness in a few of the photos that I don't really like. But on the other hand, going back to how I sometimes like it, to me, it does do in the right lighting a good job of adding some curves to the body, making it look less slab-sided. It adds a little bit more intrigue, it adds a few more body lines, a few more surfaces to enjoy, to explore, to look at. And then other times, it, it, it's overboard. It goes overboard. It, it, it crowds the nice body lines that are already there. So again, sometimes I like it because it adds a few more curves to the body. It adds a few more character lines. adds a few more volume to the body that wasn't there before. But then that's a double-edged sword because then it also adds more volume to the body where in a few photos it adds more volume to the body where there didn't need to be. So it, instead of it being volume in a good way, it ends up being more like fab or flab. So, I'm 50-50. Sometimes it looks just brilliant, looks fantastic. Other times, it's not so great to me. Let's get back to the rear, though, of the GR86. So, I talked about how I didn't really like it all that much. And this isn't just the GR86. I don't really like the BRZ, the new BRZ's rear end either. It's something, to me, is not right. Something is off. I, it's hard for me to really, really pinpoint. Part of me wants to say that it feels like the rear end is squished. You know how there's Instagram accounts and there's people out there that will take a normal car image and then shrink it so that it has the wheelbase of like a go-kart? Part of me wants to say it's sort of like that, though not nearly as dramatic, but they just reduce the height of the rear end, of, of, the rear, of the body of the rear end is what I'm trying to say. And so it looks kind of squished, but I'm not sure that's entirely it. I, I'm not, you know, I just don't know, but... I don't really have, I don't, to be fair, I don't really like the new taillights compared to the older ones. They're, they're a little bit odd. They're a similar, uh, vaguely similar kind of boomerang shape to the DRLs. But yeah, something, something's just not sitting right with me for the rear end. It's just, it's a little awkward. Now what I do like, there is something that I do like, is that on the GR86, Toyota has added this additional lip onto where the normal rear trunk lip is. And that gives it this lovely, hella aggressive ducktail spoiler that I love. I, there is, as some of you probably know, I've complained occasionally on the flatness of the rear of some cars and that they really need an aggressive ducktail spoiler. And with the way that the front end slopes on the GR86 with this bumper, the addition of that, the additional spoiler there to really accentuate the ducktail spoiler design, the inter the integrated spoiler design on the trunk, does it wonders. It's such a joyously aggressive looking little sports car, and I think it's better for it. It's it's almost like Daytona Coupe, like Shelby Daytona Coupe kind of aggressive, though it doesn't. It's not that vertical, but yeah, I think that's easily my favorite part of the rear end. It does such a wonderful job. Of adding some height, adding some aggression to the rear end. That is fantastic to see. Lastly, we have the interior. Now, if you were hoping they would vastly improve the interior and maybe make it a lot more luxurious or unique or, you know, anything, anything greatly different from the old car, you're going to be disappointed. It's, as we talked about, as the article said, it's an evolutionary improvement. So it's not that different. What I can tell you, what I, the differences that I can immediately see is that it is a much more 
linear look. It's a straight line interior. So if you look at the old car, where the the shape of the vent, the airbag cover, and all that stuff, there's a small arc to the design. So it's slightly rounded, where in the new car, that isn't present at all. It's, it's a straight line interior. So we have this new surface where the glove where the glove box is on top. So instead of wearing the old car, you had this like from from the image I'm looking at this like cloth Alcantara surface that covers the uh, goes over the airbag cover. And it's completely flat. There's no like shelf. There's no shelf surface anywhere. It's a completely flat interior. Then the glove box is much lower. In the new car, the glove box seems to be bigger, and the actual opening, the actual shut line goes a lot higher. And the top of the dash has been pushed further back. So you have this almost shelf look. This small, menial little parcel shelf in the dash. So again, the top of the dash has been pushed further back. The old car, the top of the dash, and then the rest of the dash were all one surface. They were all flat. It was one thing. It wasn't separated. New car, top of the dash, pushed way further back. So then the bottom of the dash again, where the glove box is, Visually looks like it comes for that. It protrudes from the top of the dash. Even though it probably... That's probably not what's going on here. The top of the dash has actually been what's pushed further back. Going to the vents though. The central air vents. That go just above the touchscreen. Those are squared off. So in the old car. They were this weird arch shape. Like bridge arch kind of a shape. Here they're just completely square. So again that goes back to what I was saying. That a lot of things at the very least. When we're talking about the dash design. The dash structure design. It's been largely squared off. It's straight. It's a straight line rather than these interesting arcs that we saw in the older car. It's no. That's not there anymore. Now, I don't mind that. I think it's a more modern looking interior and that's good. One thing I don't like though is the touch screen and how much space there is between the edges, the side edges of the touch screen and then where the redundant buttons are, where the redundant, where the redundant controls are. And I'm glad we have the redundant controls. Don't get me wrong, it's just that it almost looks like an old school television sitting in the middle, sitting in the middle of the dash like that. It's not a particularly attractive design. It's kind of clunky looking, kind of eh, looking. But considering this is hopefully going to be a sub $30,000 sports car, that's fine. It's not going to be a Porsche. And if it was a Porsche, it'd be a lot more expensive and then we wouldn't have any other inexpensive sports car outside of the Miata, so... You take what you can get. But yeah, overall, if you have a GT86 and a BRZ or have sat in one, this should feel very, very familiar, just updated, just slightly better. But also more squared off because, again, you don't have the weird arches that the top of the dash has and you don't have the weird arch design that the air vents are. It's, it's much more squared off for the new car. You know how Mazda, as of late, seems to have pushed the top of the dash way further back and then where you have, let's say red leather stitching you have that entire like dash bolster that sits there yeah toyota has done the same thing for the new gr86 where you have this like dash bolster although really it's just the top of the glove box but they've like mazda pushed the top of the dash back and so again what that means is that anything that can't or hasn't been pushed back uh-huh the glove box protrudes greatly much like mazda but again i like it I think it's a good evolutionary improvement over the old car. The only thing that I dislike is the way the touchscreen looks like an old old 1960 no 1970s television set. That's really the only thing I greatly dislike. Otherwise, 
I think it's a nice interior. It's it's a good interior for a car of this price. Overall, then, I think I give the new GR86, I think I give it a 7. I like I do like it. I like it a good bit. There's a few things I'm unsure of, but overall, I think this is a nice update to the, I think, now iconic little sports car. Maybe not Miata iconic, but certainly, maybe not iconic, but popular, to the popular little sports car. Again, not Miata popular, but popular. What do you guys think of the new GR86 though? Do you like it? Do you prefer the older version? Do you wish they added a juicy turbo from the factory? Let me know what you think. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the podcast, share the podcast, or sorry, like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, hit the little notification bell, and then all notifications, that way you'll be notified every time I upload. I really do appreciate it if you do subscribe, by the way. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have want the Podbean mobile app, hey, that's not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.